Pop World. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Why don't you make it your first listen coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Start your days with it. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are continuing our series of season reviews. Today, looking at Jeremy Grant, talking all things JG. We've already covered in our rundown, Shaden Sharp, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons. Today, we look at the Margella Madman, his first season in Portland and Will it be his last? Uh, what we do in these, we look back at what he did last year. We revisit my preseason predictions. Uh, Michael from the past is going to join us in the second segment. Talk about what we thought back in September. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant was going to bring to the table with his best and worst case scenarios. And after we look back, we will look ahead. You got to look back to look ahead here on the season reviews. Jeremy Grant entering free agency this summer. Blazers have, um, you know, a relatively easy decision, but uh, other decisions will inform what they do with Jeremy Grant. And I think the decision that they've sort of backed themselves into has other ramifications. We'll look ahead to Grant and his future with the Portland Trailblazers. But first, let's look, let's just see what Jeremy Grant did in his first season in Portland. Arrives via trade. The Blazers' biggest off-season acquisition. They make a trade with the Detroit Pistons to uh, land the veteran forward. And, and Grant, quite frankly, was the best power forward the Blazers have had since, even the best forward the Blazers have had since LaMarcus Aldridge left in 2015. He was good right away. But it, on the whole, like taking taken all together in his 63 games, Jeremy Grant was good. Averaged 20.5 points, four and a half rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 35.7 minutes a night. Shot 47.5% from the floor, including 40% from the free throw line, 40.1, and 81.3% from the free, from the, excuse me, 40% from the three-point line, 81.3% from the free throw stripe. A, a career best, 40% three-point shooter. And he started hot, 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 hot. In his first 35 games in a Blazers uniform, he averaged 22.5 points, Four boards, just under three assists, shot 49% from the floor, 45%, north of 45% from three on six attempts per game and 79% from the stripe. He had 30 points in the game winner in Phoenix on a night that Amphrey Simons and uh, uh, Damian Lord were not available. He had 44 in the win at MSG on a night that uh, uh, Damian Lord did not play. He had 33 at Utah on another night when Damian Lord did not play. And that was the theme early, is that Grant was good but when they needed him to step up, particularly when, when Dame missed a bunch of time to begin the season, he missed five of the first 14 games and then missed another uh, stretch of seven games after that. Uh, you know, he had missed uh, 17 games prior to Christmas. It was, it became clear that when the Blazers needed Jeremy Grant to step into that larger role, he was capable of it. And he really was through, through those first 35 games. Like he was... When there was a void, hey, we need some offense. Jeremy could be that guy. He could step into that that lead role, and he was still shooting 45% as one of the best catch-and-shoot shooters from three. So when Dame was there, he could be in that complementary, secondary, tertiary score, play-finisher type of role. He was, for, for, for the first half of the season, he was excellent. Like, <laughs> he was, it was looking like, you know, he was going to be in the all-star conversation. He was going to be like, you know, when you would see all-star list, Jeremy Grant probably wouldn't be on the team, but he'd be like, oh, no, other, you know, in consideration, that type of thing. And like being in that conversation, being right there at the level um, of like, 
hey, this guy probably deserves to be talked about when you talk about folks who are going to be in that midseason showcase and shooting, you know, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Really freaking good in the first half of the season. It was not the same. Final 28 games for Jeremy Grant. Under 18 points, 17.9. Same, basically same number of rebounds, 4.7. Same number of assists. Or assists drop a little bit, 2.0 from 2.7. But 45% from the floor after shooting 49% to begin the season, 32.9% from three, 30, basically 33% from three on 5.3 attempts per game. But volume dips a little bit, success dips a ton from 45 to 33, 84% from the stripe. He just, it just dropped off for him. You know, on the year, it's like 40% from three. But is do you feel like he's closer to that 45% red-hot start? That's a bunch of games, 35. Or do you feel like he's closer to that regression, that 33%? That's kind of in the eyes of the beholder. I think the way Grant's season went, it kind of left a sour taste in folks' people, folks' mouth because it's like, yeah, that, he shot a lot of bricks at the end of the year. He was available for 54 of the first 56 games. Uh, he missed two heading into the All-Star break with a concussion, and then he was held out of, uh, he was held out of the first game back from the All-Star break because they got caught in a blizzard and they wanted to lose on purpose. And so they started to um, really lean into that. Uh, and then on March 12th, he was playing against the New Orleans Pelicans. He gets a quad injury, only plays 19 minutes, leaves the game early, and he never he never came back into action. Uh, he, he missed the final 14 games. Everyone else was shut down on March 22nd, um, but he missed 10 days prior to that. Uh, there was a moment when Chauncey Billups told reporters that it's like, I don't think Jeremy Grant's injury is super serious. He should be, you know, he's day to day, but he, he we think he'll be back. And um, I bet that was the honest truth. <laughs> I bet that was the honest truth when Chauncey Billups said it. And then things changed and they said, okay, now all injuries are incredibly serious and Jeremy Grant has to miss the final 14 games of the year. We are holding him out. It's done. Bye. You see, no, <laughs> no follow-up questions. See you later. Um, so in the end, 63 seems like, man, you wish Jeremy Grant played more than that. But for the most part, he was available and probably would have played something like something like 70 if he had if he had um, if they had allowed him to. So I'm not too worried about his availability. I'm mostly worried about that second half of the year production. That to me is that to me is more meaningful than his uh, than what he did. Um, then the first half, right? It's like, uh, this is like way above his career averages. And then he comes back to like, you know, he's, he's kind of been a, a league average shooter and kind of, um, in that range, slightly below average to begin his career and then kind of league average shooter. And it's like, huh, was he just red hot? And he's like, and that's what he is. Or is he a 40% three point shooter? Cause if he is some of the other stuff that's frustrating with Jeremy, the lack of rebounding, not much of a playmaker like that, that goes out the wind, not out the window, but it becomes, like if you don't have to calculate for the shooting, if you're just like, yeah, he's going to shoot 40% from three, then the other stuff you can kind of figure out ways to skill sets to address. Because if you're going to shoot 40% from three, you're going to get guarded very heavily and it's going to make offense easier. You just got to figure out some other skill set stuff. Like you got to just going to have to find better, re get better rebounders on the court around him because he's straight up never been a better rebounder, never been a good rebounder and he wasn't this year. Let's go back to um, the second segment. I want to go back, rewind a little bit, revisit my predictions from uh, the preseason predictions, best and worst case scenarios, what we thought Jeremy Grant was going to be, because it's helpful to think about, it's helpful, uh, I think, in these season reviews to remember what we thought Jeremy Grant could and might be heading into the season after we've 
kind of realized what he is. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about prize picks, daily fantasy made easy, how it works. You pick an entry between four and six players, any sport you want, and you're just picking from the projections that prize picks picks sets. They set the lines on various stats. You pick over or under those lines and you win your money. It's just you versus those numbers. No sharks, no field, no nothing. Just you versus prize picks. And if you're a new user, Sign up right now, pricepicks.com, or download the app. And when you do, put in the promo code Locked On and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So put in 100 bucks, they'll match you $100. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you $50. So go sign up, take advantage today, pricepicks.com, or download the app wherever you get mobile apps. And when you do, make sure you use that promo code Locked On. Today's show is also brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Nissan Aria. And Nissan has given out the most electric player of the week. And I'm giving it to Joe Cronin because Joe Cronin's got a tough summer ahead of him where he's got to be electric. The Blazers were bad this year. And they were bad this year because the roster wasn't very good. But they've promised to get a lot better in a hurry. Jeremy Grant was the first step in Joe Cronin getting this team better in a hurry. He got a solid two-way forward who can be a contributor, 20-point-per-game score, shoots 40% from three, looks like a really good first step. The next steps are a whole lot harder. Joe Cronin's going to have to be brilliantly fierce and elegantly powerful in his negotiations, uh, finding trades that work for the Blazers. He's going to have to deliver the duality, a combo of fierceness, elegance, He's going to be beautiful but strong when he's working the phones and making trades for your Portland Trailblazers, much like the perfect SUV crossover, the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. Let's look back. To look forward with Jeremy Grant as we continue our player reviews of the 2022-2023 season. Heading into the year, I do best and worst case scenarios for every player on the roster. It's best, uh, best case scenario within reason, but worst case scenario without injury helps us kind of set the polls where I think guys are going to land, and then we can revisit them once we get to the offseason and find out how right I was. So let's visit. Michael from the past and see what he thought about Jeremy Grant way back in September of 2022. Take it away, Michael from the past. What's the best case scenario for Jeremy Grant? It's that he's the Blazers' second best player. He's the two-way forward they've been looking for for years, and the friendship he formed with Damian Lillard in on Team USA, and they continued beyond that, the payoff is that he fits. He's the guy. He's the a secondary scorer who can bring it on offense and a really versatile defender on defense who can guard threes, who can guard fours, who can sneak and guard fives, who's long enough to bother guards and who who is the two-way forward they have long coveted. The best case scenario is that he's a competent role player on offense, but he has enough offensive pop to be so much more when called upon. The best case scenario is that Jeremy Grant is the thing they've been looking for. He's Portland's second best player. And why I mean that is the best case scenario is because if Jeremy Grant is clearly their second best player, it means that he's a good defender and a really good offensive player and that the value he brings on defense outweighs what Anthony Simons would bring on the other end, right? And Ant might be a step or so ahead of him offensively, but Grant's balance on both ends of the floor makes him so clearly the Blazers' second best player. And there's real value in that. And he sees a long-term future in Portland. It is a happy 
first impression that leads to a long-term future. And not because the Blazers have sort of opportunity cost back their way into having to sign Jeremy Grant, but because it works. The best case scenario is that the trade for CJ McCollum brings you a Josh Hart and a Jeremy Grant, and both veterans are parts, are versatile parts of the future. And moving on from one era of the Blazers seems so much easier because of what you got back in return. But there's always another side. And the worst case scenario for Jeremy Grant is that he just thinks he's the Blazers' second best player. He just thinks he's the Blazers' second best player. In reality, he's something short of that. He came off two seasons in Detroit where he had a usage rate of 26.9 and then 24.5. A typical usage for, for players is like in his role would be something like 20. Um, for like a low minutes, not your best player on the team type of guy. It's about 20 is, is normal for like sort of typical median range usage players. In his prior six seasons in the NBA, Jeremy Grant had never had a usage higher than 17. He was a complimentary part, a role player, and a play finisher. He caught the ball and he shot it. He caught the ball and he dunked it. He didn't do a lot else. He took big steps as a playmaker in Detroit, particularly in his first season with, with the Pistons, where he was like a straight up pretty good, pretty good fulcrum, a pretty good, you know, had some inefficiencies on offense, but really was probably better than most people thought he could be by stepping into that bigger role. And the worst case scenario is that Grant cannot see himself taking what would amount to a step back from featured part of an, an offense in Detroit to complementary part in Portland. And why I say the worst case scenario is that he just thinks he's, his, he's their best player is because the worst case scenario is that while Grant is clearly not as good as Anthony Simons or clearly not as good as Yusuf Nurkic on, you know, opposite ends of the court offense and defense there, is that he still fancies himself as that. So he hijacks the offense a little bit more than you would like. And with a reduced role on offense, he eventually doesn't have the same buy-in to the defensive first ask. He's less impactful on offense, then he has less of a role on offense, then he brings it a little less on defense. It all feeds into itself. And the worst case scenario is that Grant is a short timer. By the time you get to the trade deadline, you are looking to send Jeremy Grant to another place because he's not the answer. He's the bridge to what's next. And that the moving on from the CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard era isn't as smooth because now it's hit a real rocky start where you are trading. You know, it's not a direct trade for him, but you get a first round pick and you acquire Jeremy Grant in kind of the end of the completion of the, of the CJ trade in some ways. And the worst case scenario is that you're still kind of playing out the string and figuring out what's next by the time you get to February. Thank you, Michael, from the past. I don't think you could say Jeremy Grant's cleanly hit the fir the best case scenario. He certainly got close. Uh, I think there was an argument to be made early in the season that he was just their straight up best player because of availability. Like, he was killing it. He was scoring 23 points per game and shooting 45% from three. And Damian Lord has missed, you know, 17 of the first 40 games. So, like, just based on availability and two-way contributions and his, his, like, scoring ability, like, yeah, like, I, I think you could make a pretty compelling case that Jeremy Grant for the first, like, up until Christmas even, was arguably, certainly to, like, the middle of December, was the Blazers' second best player. Or best player, rather. So I think he got really close to that, uh, I think he got really close to that best case, best case scenario where he's the, clearly the Blazers' second best player. I don't think he hit the worst case scenario, right? Because my worst case scenario was that it doesn't fit, it doesn't work, and they have to like trade him. 
you could probably make the argument that exploring a trade for Jeremy Grant at the deadline would have been reasonable considering what might happen to them this summer. But I don't think he hit the worst case scenario. I think he leaned. I think the pendulum obviously leaned towards the best case scenario. The issue with Jeremy was the inconsistent finish, the final 30 games, 28 games of his of his season where he shot 33% from three. It's like, yikes, what's, what's he going to do? Because he's, again, not a playmaker, not a rebounder. So if he doesn't score and score efficiently, it becomes like, Okay, what is the value here? And I, I, I think, and he, and he was so efficient to begin the season that the drop off was even more drastic. So it was like, is he okay? Like, what's what's going on? Um, and uh, I, I think, I think what what made him maybe, and I, I think for the year he was probably their second best player in terms of um, all, all things considered. So I think like in general he hit the best case scenario. He just wasn't like. By the time he got to the all-star voting, he wasn't like vaguely in the all-star conversation. It was just like, yeah, you know, he's had a good season, but he's not one of these guys. Like he's not in the, you know, the all-star for the West is it's 12, it's 12 spots, but usually you have like 20 guys in, in the conversation for 12 spots, something like 10 locks and, and then a, a whole bunch of people for those last couple spots. Jeremy wasn't in, in that conversation as much as my man Lamar heard on TV, tried to make him part of the conversation. Uh, he, he wasn't like, he just like realistically was not by the time we got to like true real deal all-star voting, it's like he wasn't, the Blazers were struggling. They weren't going to get two all-stars, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you can make a compelling case that he was the second best player all year. Uh, I think considering his impact and considering Amphrey Simon's impact, I think, I think, yeah, like I, I, th- I don't think it's, I think it's pretty clear it's there he, for me, he was the second best player on the team. The problem was, some of the things, like his rebounding struggles, something he's never been good at, were pronounced on this team because of the rest of the personnel, particularly after Josh Hart left. His lack of playmaking was pronounced on this team sometimes with the way that they, they would, um, you know, the way that the ball gets... Because because the Jeremy Grant's not much of a playmaker, it's hard to run pick and rolls with him and Dame because if he gets, you know, double team, middle of the floor, Jeremy Grant gets it. He's not a quick decision maker there. Like his decision is to shoot it. Um, so he's not a great pick and roll partner. He's a better weak side spacer, but on the weak side, again, it's like he kind of, when he's not shooting really well from three, he doesn't punish teams as guys as well. And I think he kind of got back to some bad habits of taking bad two pointers to end the year. But I think he was good. Like in general, I think he was good at some point, very good. And at some point shy of good, but on the whole, a good player who had a good year and because the Blazers didn't trade him at the deadline because they didn't flirt with that worst case scenario and and, and it was mostly a bad it was mostly like misutilized which I'll talk about to close the show he's coming back like I'll spoil the third segment they're gonna pay him the question is how much how long and what what paying Jeremy Grant means so let's talk about that to close the show what's next for Jeremy Grant because I do believe he's getting the bag. We will talk about that and what the bag might mean for him. But first, let me tell you about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Have you ever wanted to be a GM of a professional basketball team and thought, hey, I could definitely do this? Well, you can do it now. Uh, It's a chance to, to... Manage all aspects of a basketball franchise. Go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. Game allows you to manage everything. Everything. Playthrough seasons, 
Hire coaches and assistants, trade and train players, deal with challenging personalities, navigate through free agency, go through the draft, the and the ups and downs of multiple seasons, making every decision for your franchise. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free. It's playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want. Plus, right now, Lockdown Blazers listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com or scan the code right here in the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Jeremy Grant is part of the plan because... By virtue of still being here, he's got to be part of the plan. Let me expand on that one. Jeremy Grant is entering free agency this summer. He is will be an unrestricted free agent with a chance to sign wherever he would like. The Blazers have his bird rights, which means they can go over the salary cap to retain him. This season, the uh, Jeremy Grant was offered a four-year, $112 million contract extension, the max extension available to him by the Portland Trailblazers, and he chose not to sign it during the season. He can still sign it before the new league year flips in uh, in June, but for now, he is most likely to enter free agency and then re-sign with the Blazers because if you enter free agency, you can get more money, so larger raises each year and a longer contract. So right now, the max contract he could sign is four for 112. When he enters free agency, he can sign a massive contract that I'm not even going to say the numbers of because he is not a max player and people freak out when you say the numbers. No one is giving Jeremy Grant $40 million a year. Stop worrying about that. When people put that in writing, it's because Jeremy Grant's agents want people to put it in writing. Use that. You got that. Use that old noggin of yours. No one's paying Jeremy Grant $40 million. But the Blades probably can play him, pay him 30 if he turned down four for 112 and he can add a fifth year in the summer and that's about the same amount of money, uh, the number I have sort of just guessed and made up out there, and I'll, I'll just make it up again, is like, I bet he signs four for 148. It's a bunch of money. So why are the Blazers paying Jeremy Grant? Like, hey, it's not that good, Mike. 30, 33% from three the last half of the season. He regressed back to being kind of a chucker. He doesn't pass. He doesn't rebound. What are they going to do? Why are they doing this? They have to. They have to. Here's why they have to. Letting Jeremy Grant walk does not allow them, does not create cap space for the Blazers. Even if they let Jeremy Grant walk and they renounce Matisse Thibel and they renounce Cam Reddish's rights, they're only going to be in the range of something like 18 to $20 million in free agency. Jeremy Grant's like a $30 million a year guy. Creating $20 million of cap space to sign someone in free agency does not allow you to replace Jeremy Grant's production. It allows you to sign someone worse and cheaper. By virtue of having him still on the roster after the trade deadline, the Blazers back themselves up. That beeping you hear is them backing both themselves and the Brinks truck up to Jeremy Grant's house. They have to pay him. There is no value in letting him walk. The only scenario which you let him walk is a full rebuild. And even then, even then, a full rebuild, I could see a scenario where they try to retain Grant because signing him to a contract and then trading him in six, ten months six months or whatever, at the trade deadline, has more value than just straight up letting him walk. I think because of the need to have positive assets to deal with, 
either have him on the team. And if, if you go the Damian Lord add veterans route, that's like the most likely scenario. And then Jeremy Grant's going to get a whole bunch of money for it or a smaller, shorter contract because letting him walk hurts you regardless, even if you go young. I, I think Jeremy Grant, in one way or another, is going to get paid by the Portland Trailblazers. And the most likely scenario as we sit here today, I think is the retain Dame, go for it, all of those things. I think there's a world in which the Blazers are just kind of like waiting until Dame asks for a trade and they're like finally free or whatever. But that's like a conversation for another day. I probably shouldn't have even hidden that gem here at the 25 minute mark of this podcast if you're scoring at home. Uh, but like, yeah, um, like they're going to keep Jeremy Grant. The question is like, what if you, if that's the case, right? Let's let's say in, in this world, um, we don't know what the Blazers have made the Anthony Simons trade, but we don't know what they're back. He's what's back yet, and they haven't won the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, which is why they traded Ant and their lottery pick for amorphous forward. Well, that forward needs to be able to rebound, and that forward probably needs to be able to shoot. But really, rebound and guard is really going to be key because Jeremy Grant's not a rebounder; he's not a playmaker. If you are starting, who knows going to be the two, but if you're starting Shaden Sharp at the two, not a natural playmaker either. That's a lot of pressure on Dame to be a playmaker. So the so the skills you would absolutely need to covet if you are keeping Jeremy Grant on the, on the roster is rebounding and playmaking out of that four spot. I'm not going to say his name, but he plays for the Golden State Warriors. He's that guy. Um, whew. Um, maybe not my cup of tea, but it really seemingly... Um, Dame has wanted to play with Draymond Green for a long time and he has a skill set that fits the problem fits the puzzle rather potentially not my my preferred solution but whatever I'm not important one of the other issues with Grant is not just his own lack of skills right it's not a rebounder not a passer no, no known weaknesses. You got to address those weaknesses and how you build the rest of the roster. Damian Lord, not a defender. Got to address the rest of the roster with defenders. Like your coworkers matter. You build the roster based on the strengths and weaknesses of, of everybody else. Jeremy Grant spent so much of the season guarding the ball and guarding point guards that some of his deficiencies on defense were highlighted by having a very bad ask from the coaching staff. Early in the season, I thought it was totally fine as an experiment to let Jeremy Grant guard little fast point guards. Because I kind of get it, right? If they're going to play a switchy scheme, having Jeremy on the one when they switch, Jeremy can just guard whoever they guard whoever is the four, right? Guard whoever they sets the screen and you can just naturally switch it and not give up too much of an advantage. But there was a certain point deeper into the season, like, you know, 20 some games in the year where it's just clear that Jeremy Grant couldn't navigate screens super well. And the super fast guys were giving him trouble. And he was better guarding people, his size. Like he's good at guarding people, his size. I do think he's a little bit overrated as a help defender, but he's certainly better as a help defender than he has as, as an on ball guarding De'Aaron Fox type of defender on ball guarding Jamal. Jamal Murray type of defender, like shifty, fast guys who are going to navigate a bunch of screens. It just does not complement his skill set. And I think the ask from the coaching staff that said, Jeremy Grant, you're going to do this all the time, made his defense look worse. I think he can be a totally competent defender if he gets to guard more dudes who are built like him. Threes and fours, guys who are 
not super shifty, guys who are going to try to take him to the post, guys who are going to isolate on the wing and not run a kajillion, kajillion ball screens. Like even asking him to guard, like I know this is kind of weird, but it's like asking him to guard Kawhi Leonard seems like more sensible because Kawhi doesn't have like that that crazy jitterbug first step, that crazy lightning quick uh, first move. He's, he's, he's slower, he's more deliberate, he's strong, and Grant can use his length and his strength to bother that type of that like type of player. He's not super strong, so you don't want him like Jeremy. I, I think it's okay throwing on LeBron a little bit, but again, it's like the strength issue, right? I'm not super worried about Jeremy Grant playing the three or the four. I know people are like, is he going to play small forward, power forward? I don't really care about that position, um, the delineation of those positions very much. To me, that doesn't matter. To me, it's about skill set. Do you have someone who is also a three or a four? Are they six, seven and above? And can they rebound and pass a little bit? Then they could play next to Jeremy because they'll complement his skills. You know, it's like, I'm just not going to get too worked up about what position he plays. If the Blazers stay small and Jeremy Grant has to be the four in name because the person next to him is six, five, that's a problem. But that isn't like, that's about the other guy not being able to be a three, four switchable positionless thing. Like, you need a guy who is a three, also a three, four ish wing, six, seven plus, who can rebound and pass. A lot of people need that skill set, but that's what you would compliment Jeremy with if you're going to maximize him. Also, like to be clear, I think the, the contract that they're going to offer Jeremy Grant is going to be fine in the first couple of years and really bad in this back half of the contracts. Like f- if they give him that five for 148 that I've been guessing since whenever we first did this episode back in February, uh, like version of this episode rather back in February, it's like, yeah, the back half of the contract's going to look terrible. But the Blazers' goal should be to maximize, if they're going to keep Jamin Lord on the roster, be maximize these next two to three seasons, two seasons in my mind, and go for it. Commit to one route, and if you commit to the route with Dame, Jeremy Grant makes sense on this route because, again, overall, 20 points per game, 40% shooter at his size with the defensive versatility to guard multiple positions, as long as he's not being asked to guard super fast guys, Valuable power forward that you want on the team. Valuable forward that you want on the team. Power forward, maybe you don't agree, but forward on the team. I think if the ask is better on defense, if he doesn't get asked to be a point of attack defender, which is not his skill set, and if you get guys who can rebound around him who are also big and you don't keep playing a six foot five guy at small forward every year, please, please stop running back the same version of the roster every year, even if you're nice. If you're the mean GM who ran a certain roster and the nice GM who ran a certain roster, it's the same damn roster. Keep seeing it. Please change it up. But Jeremy Grant can help. He can help because he's pretty good. I think the money will change how we feel about him, but I also think a better role will change how we feel about him in the other direction. And if he shoots 40% and averages 20 points per game for a second consecutive season, I will be hard-pressed to criticize him too much because that's what good wings do in the league. He'll be happy to have him. I don't think there is, with other guys, they're big linchpins this summer. Ant is a big linchpin this summer. The decision on Shaden Sharp to some extent, although just keep him because he's good, unless you go another route, but keep him because he's good. And like, can the Blazers get off Nurk's money and figure out another center because they need a different look? Jeremy Grant's not a linchpin. I think you pretty much, regardless, back on the roster because he's either back on the roster as somebody you trade because he's valuable and would have trade value, or he's back on the roster because you're old and you're building with vets and he fits the timeline and he's a good basketball player that can help you win. The ideal Jeremy Grant is like the fourth best player on a very good team. 
if the Blazers can build a darn good team where he is the third best player, like clearly the third best player, if, they, if the Blazers open up camp and Jeremy Grant is like, yeah, he's the third best player on the team. There's no doubt about it, like no debate. They've done a good job. If Grant, like last year, with the best case scenario was that he was the Blazers' second best player, if that's what it looks like next season, they're not going to be a very good team. It's cold hard truth. You can be a good basketball player and be the fourth best player on a good team. And I think Jeremy Grant, with his specific skill set, has proven that. That's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow's show, Nazir Little, player review. We're going to have more fun the rest of the week. We do five episodes, Monday through Friday. Come back and join us. Tell your friends about it. Make it your first listen. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.